0: Thriving with a Chronic Illness. I am your host, Smiling Sonia, and I share ideas, tools and strategies I've learned living with and recovering from recurrent viral meningitis. I've undergone mindset shifts that have helped me move from just living to striving with a chronic illness. I know what it's like to worry about taking extended sick leave or losing a job through chronic illness. I share how you can become financially stable with the peace of mind that you have enough money saved to prepare for those emergencies and cover future financial goals.
1: Good morning. Smiling Sonia here. It's Saturday, the 19th of December, 2020. You can hear that squelching. That's me in my <laughs> boots in the muddy wood again. Just quickly, I'm going to be talking about coping with scars today um, of a physical kind not sure why why that came up in my head this morning but it did and I thought hmm might be a useful one to talk about so that's the topic for this morning and uh, just as a quick update uh, update on my my recovery from my hernia operation. This morning, feeling pretty good. I am. Uh, it, it feels as if the pain, the pain is, you know, is lessening. Although I, was, I turned over in bed this morning and I felt a pull and a sharp pain and I thought, oh, I pulled pull something and inside of a broken something and then it felt okay after that so clearly you know there's a lot of weakness there aeroplane aeroplane okay, you can still hear me i hope so uh it is my plan to return to work on monday but i'm going to negotiate that i do short days it's you know it's, it's the week before christmas I think what I want to focus on is catching up. That would be useful. I may book some time off in between Christmas and New Year. I don't usually, but I may do that. So that's where I might take the time. Uh, so that might be most useful. And I must admit, <laughs> there is a work issue that I feel needs to be dealt with before I'll go back in the new year. So, ooh, okay, yes. Uh, so that's good, and uh, it's it's a bit rainy today. I've got a trip planned uh, to meet up with somebody within my support bubble because, of course, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, and but this person's part of my support bubble, so I'm going over. And it's a, a little bit of a distance it's not a distance I'm probably used to these days so that's going to be a sort of a milestone for me because I may have said before that since the rama Jatus multiple attacks I should say driving has become a challenge for me uh, I can very easily manage sh- very short distance but when, when it comes to driving for a longer period, but uh, almost a couple of months ago now, I did do a one and a half hour journey, and that was all right that that okay oh, you're going to get you get used to me now with um this is very muddy. I have got my gaiters on today and um, I kept forgetting to put my gaiters on but I've got my gaiters on today because I do want to take these walking trousers which are keep getting muddy each time I come out but it's not a point washing them because they're just going to get muddy again but at least the gaiters will keep them a bit dry this morning so that I can pack them or just stick them in my car so that I can do some walking tomorrow morning. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So uh, let me get into this subject today. Scars. Hmm. When I when I was thinking about scars, and I was thinking more about physical scars, my own physical scars. I also thought about scars that are not visible, scars of the emotional type. I don't think I want to go into that today, but I think it may well be a useful subject for me to explore uh, at some point later. Then again, it may come up whilst I'm talking, who knows? We don't know because I just start talking and then thoughts materialise in my mind and then they come out in words. So, let's see. One of the reasons why physical scarring is such an issue for me really stems from the scars that I have on my body are self-inflicted. And I guess, having had this operation a week or so ago, coming up to two weeks ago now, can you believe that? I have a new scar on my body uh, across my abdomen. Bigger than I thought it was going to be, actually. I can't really see it at the moment. It's under the dressing, which I'm going to change again today. So I was thinking about the scars that I have accumulated over the years and of course depending on where your scar is and the type of scar, uh, I guess in terms of how you feel about it, uh, yeah, it will make a difference as to... Whether it's something you mind people seeing or not, and of course there are there are lots and lots of different physical scars, not, scars, uh, not you know cuts and bru- bruising, that give scars and from operations, burns, etc. And some people have to deal with some horrendous scars from horrendous sort of tragic, tragic type events traumatic events and especially if they're on a part of your body that can be seen that can be so difficult and emotionally difficult so I guess the emotions do come in there so I think I I think I I may have talked about scars before and I remember my first scar <laughs> on the top of my leg it's on the right side of my leg, right at the very top of the inside of my leg. Yes, and uh, that was caused cool. so when I climbed up on a gate, probably around the age of eight or something. I may have been younger, I'm not sure. And I fell, and I think I fell onto the latch bit, and obviously it, it you know it pierced my skin, stabbed my skin, and uh, I had this open wound, which interestingly enough didn't bleed. So it wasn't bleeding. So had stitches there. Uh, I then received a scar. Oh, just something just dropped out of my pocket. There you go. Classes. Good thing I heard it. Yeah, when I was in playing in an adventure playground and decided to do something really silly and hang off this one of those rope... Things that rope, things that fly through the air. I can't remember what you called it there. And I was, I had my brother was sitting on on this little bit of a stick, which is what it was. Rope slides, that's it. And I was hanging off it. And as it got to the bottom, my knees scraped along the concrete, and of course I, I had a, a a open, very bloody wound on my knee that was stitched up now what happened with that one actually i had keloid scarring of course i wouldn't have understood it at the time i think i would have been about 10 or so uh keloid scarring so and that's one of the things i've got black skin i know it's it can be more of an issue on dark skin keloid scarring and so yeah that's something else of course that people have to deal with uh, uh, my appendix out when I was probably about 14, 15, so that's uh, a, a scar. I don't think it was that was a keloid. Uh When I put on a lot of weight and lost it, uh, it looks much bigger than it is now, than it was, and that's because there's a stretch mark that's sort of extended out. So what was a relatively small scar looks a lot bigger now. So those, I mean, obviously those scars have come through sort of accidents, and one of those through an operation. Uh, I've had other operations, of course, I've just had one, so I've got an abdominal scar now, and I've had uh, had an operation when I was 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 19, 20, 19 or 20, when I uh, tore my ligament, ligament, and, and so, and that is a very, very big scar. <laughs> I mean, now they do keyhole, but I mean, that's, I mean, that is a massive scar and one that I have felt self-conscious about, actually, when, if I wore shorts, if I wore shorts, but yeah, it's definitely one that if I'm, um, if I wear shorts and I'm out and about, people oh, to my glasses again. <laughs> Oh, I'm a bit dropsy today. So I'm not safe in my pocket for some reason. actually sure check up. I've got my keys still in my pocket. They are. there you go. The key's most important, I think. Okay, so yes, uh so that that's a very large scar that when people see that scar, it's literally <gasps> it's a sharp breath in. And 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 sometimes I've sort of thought, well, you know, yeah, I've got this massive scar. Money, look at me, you know, sporting this scar. Look what I've had to go through. So there's been a a little bit of that with that scar. In any case, if I'm honest, I. So I was I was talking to a young person the other day, and they have been self-harming. and so uh, and often when self-harming takes place it's up the arms from the wrist up and um lots of what looks like sort of superficial type wounds but when 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 they're fresh you know they often they're raised aren't they and they can look quite bad um over the years uh as they as once they heal, they do start to fade, and maybe they're not so visible, but they are. You you if you see somebody's arms, you can see usually if you're sort of close quarters. So I was talking to this young person in their early twenties, and um who's self-harmed, and I was looking at their arm, and I thought, I wonder what you're going to be thinking about that. In 10, 15, 20 years' time. And I know that this young person, when they go out now, they always have their arms covered up. So, winter is okay because you tend to have your arms covered up, but come the summer, it's more difficult. And so, as I was looking at this person's arms, of course, I'm thinking about myself i 'm thinking about the scars that I have left over for, from a period in my t- in my life when i was self harming. there would have been a time when I would not have wanted to disclose that information at all <laughs> uh, you know because of the sn- the stigma I guess. And there may well be some, still some stig- stigma, but I think that people have a lot more understanding now uh, about self-harming. And I've, uh, you know, especially when you're on social media, etc., and people share their stories. And there's definitely a lot more support now for people who self-harm as compared to what there was when I was at the height, I would say, of um, my self-harming experience. That started in my early 20s. That started when I was at college, let's say university now, and when I just wasn't coping with my life. (laughs) Coping with life, but not coping with my life. Things happening in my life that I felt I had no control over. Uh, I was in a lot of emotional pain. And I wonder, I wonder whether because I was in this emotional pain and that wasn't visible, that I was looking for a way for people to see that I was in pain. i i as i 'm walking, I have been able to i 've got some flashbacks of some of the times when I was in the middle of self harming some of those times, I was actually in hospital on a psychiatric ward, and uh, uh, at this moment, the memory call I have. Is a particular scar on my arm that was self inflicted and so deep that they had to um, stitch it up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's difficult to remember what was going on, particularly in my mind. But I, I wrote poetry as well during that time. And when I review my poetry, uh, I am talking about what I'm doing and I'm trying to express in writing what I'm doing in terms of this self inflicted pain, really. Now, years well even during that, that time and then obviously years later uh, I would wear always wear long-sleeved clothing always wear long-sleeved clothing which of course <laughs> during the summer months <laughs> looks a bit odd and I would have friends or colleagues or acquaintances or strangers because some strangers feel that it's, it's okay for them to ask you certain questions none of your business but so people would ask to say to me oh Sonia oh, you must be really hot in that you know take that cardi off or take that jumper off or blah blah and I'd always say no no I'm okay i'm not hot of course i'm sweltering (laughs) i am absolutely sweltering under the clothing that i'm wearing (laughs) but to take it off would mean i'd have to reveal these scars and revealing these scars of course uh people would would see them of course and may ask questions or if they see them and don't ask questions, you get a sort of an odd look. And uh, yeah, now interestingly enough, there were some occasions where I absolutely had to I had to reveal my arms, and I was quite surprised when people said, "Oh, did you used to work in the kitchen?" And I thought, "Oh, it's interesting." And I said, oh, because I knew somebody who worked in the kitchen and because of the pots and whatever, uh, they used to get scars on their arms. And I thought, oh, how interesting. And I did consider, <laughs> at one point, creating a story about that. But of course it wouldn't have been true, so I didn't create the story. Notice today I haven't been, been a bit squeamy. Squeamy? Squeamy. <laughs> The mud, but I am. I have worked out some little, little sort of paths round so that I don't go to the most modern muddy spot. So i worked that out over the last few days. Ooh, it's a tennis ball, probably belongs to a dog. <laughs> Actually, I saw a dog as I was walking. I think it's one of those whippet type dogs, uh, and um, the, the, the owner had put a little light bulb or a little torch on its collar No, it's quite light but maybe they've been out for quite a while and so as you're walking there's this little torch light (laughs) kind of lighting its way I thought that was quite sweet right uh, I'm getting a bit sniffy so I might have to take a break in a minute but um, let's keep going yes so so I must admit, there were some years when I regretted. I felt this deep regret at having caused these scars on my arms. Because to me, it made my arms ugly. And I would look at my arms and I would just look at them and think how how ugly they were and of course they were a memory of a time when I was very unhappy, quite depressed and just life was just too difficult for me. I kept wanting to run away from life. That's me tripping over, by the way. (laughs) Me running away from life. Actually, I take I look a little bit more light-hearted about my life these days, which is helpful, I'm a very serious person. I was, actually I was, I was telling somebody the other day that um, at school I was a bit like, a bit of a joker, really. but I, I wonder whether that, again was just hiding the unhappiness that I had inside. And I, I think it was, it was about not being enough, not feeling that I was good enough. I just always had this feeling that I was not good enough. Everybody else was better than me. My esteem was on the floor. So, yeah, so I I saw my arms as quite ugly. Uh, and those scars. I mean, some other scars, actually, that I haven't mentioned. That I, I, I again, found difficult was, you know, acne. <laughs> oh... I had, I I didn't have the worst kind of acne. If if I think about what people have had to deal with and when I've watched some programmes with people talking about their acne and trying to get some treatment, it's not been like, but I did suffer from acne. And so I had these scars, after the spots had gone, always left a scar. And so I did use makeup foundation to try to hide, mask my facial scars. So that was even before, um, I was inflicting scars on myself. Can you believe that? Gosh, I nearly went then. Right. Time for a little break, I think. I must say these walks in the morning, definitely gets things moving (laughs) yeah definitely gets things moving so yeah so I was just talking about my acne my acne not me acne my acne scars I was looking at my face the other day and I was reminded of it and it's obviously a lot clearer than it was when I was a teenager and I think at some point I think at some point in my 30s I had, I had it's like I had acne again and I was thinking oh my gosh I thought I'd left this all behind me and uh, somebody said oh no you can get it any, at any age <laughs> and you know the you know, spots coming up and sort of thinking oh is that going to leave a scar behind I mean I've had a few spots over the last week or so, and they still leave scars on my face, but I mean, they do fade over time, and I don't wear, I don't wear makeup at all, Uh, every now and again, I may wear a little bit of lipstick, if I'm going out and doing a dressy dressy up thingy, but um, I, I don't wear makeup, and I think I stopped wearing makeup. Sort of on a day to day basis. Good morning. On a day to day basis because I. I th- this, this was my logic. So, people, if I wear makeup every day, people will see me in a particular way. And then if I want to go out, dress up and go out, and I'm just wearing makeup, I don't look any different. And I think what I liked was when I did choose to wear makeup. When I was going out, ooh, (laughs) when I did choose to wear makeup, and people thought, oh my gosh, Sonia, ooh, you know, I would look different. (laughs) And I quite like that, kind of looking very bland (laughs) on a day to day basis, not really noticed. And then there's a a party or or something, a, a meal, and I put a little bit of makeup on, not too much, a little bit of makeup on, and people thought, wow. You look different. So I kind of like that, <laughs> if I'm honest. So, yes. Uh, I think also, I suspect... I mean, when, when we talk about chronic illness, there are so many. I mean, there's so many conditions, aren't there? And it's, of course, possible that for some conditions that you have, there will be some kind of intervention that requires surgery and you've been cut into. And therefore, you will have scars. So there will be treatments that you're undergoing, whether investigative, because often that's what's happening, isn't it, initially, um, being investigated to find out what's, Going on, Ooh. oh, there's another path there. It's going on. It's very muddy. Yeah, so you've been investigated, and so there's some kind of a uh, an operation. Uh, but these days, of course, there's keyhole. But even the keyhole surgery of my knees, there's still scars there. Not so big, but there are scars there, of course. <laughs> so. Uh, so it may be that you, you've had to endure, uh, as well as dealing with the chronic illness, you've had to endure uh, operations and then dealing with the aftermath of scarring, all depending on where it is. So when I, when I was thinking about discussing scarring this morning, I was thinking about dealing with it you know how do you deal with physical scars I guess and because it's not going to go away necessarily (laughs) you know some just won't go away and and also depending on where where the scar is uh, again will depend on how easy it is for you to to deal with it I do so these days I do not hide well I do not intentionally hide the scars I have on my arms so uh, and uh, where it was, where I did find it particularly difficult, you might might appreciate, was in the work setting uh, i 've been doing the same. Line of work, working for the same organisation, although there have been various (laughs) restructuring for over 20 years. And, but I am constantly working with new people. And so, whilst in the winter months my arms are covered up because it's cold, (laughs) Uh, during the summer months. Uh, my arms are uncovered. And so if it were, I would say even 15 or so years ago, I, my arms are always covered, even in the summer. So I'd, I'd buy summer clothing where it was long-sleeved. Yeah, I sweated. <laughs> Don't like doing sweating now, though, so much. It feels as if... It feels as if... Um, I'm constantly having to come out, <laughs> so I always, I also obviously have the coming out uh, part of my life because I am gay. So there's always, there's always that. <laughs> so that's a constant coming out when you're meeting new people or in different environments. But there is also coming out in respect of my scars. So it's not that I, I then tell people, "Oh yes, those scars there um, yes, they're self-inflicted." What will happen is, of course, you know, when you're, when you're building relationships with people and you, you're having discussions, and you'll be discussing something, and it will come up. Either it will come up through somebody sharing something. About around the topic of self harming, and it just feels right to disclose my own experience of self harming. oh my gosh, this is so much <laughs> my own experience of self harming. <sighs> My own experience—I've said that about three times now. <laughs> Self-harming, or the relationship is such that it, I think it's a piece of information that would be important to share with that person, especially if I'm seeing them <laughs> uh, a lot, and uh, and I need to be relaxed. I get most people actually. Most people are respond quite um, compassionately. Either they say it, or you see it in their faces. my gosh, how could you do that to yourself? What would drive you to do that to yourself? Some people say, do you still do that to yourself? (laughs) No, I don't still do this to myself. So there is curiosity, I have intentionally disclosed when someone has come to me and they're quite distressed about either a family member or somebody they know that is self-harming. And I have felt it useful to share my own experience. Not, It can never be... It can never be to say, I know what that person's feeling. I know what that person's going through. I don't. And everybody's experience is different. I think when I share, I'm sharing as a 57-year-old woman who did this in her 20s and 30s. And I got through it. <laughs> I have a family. I have a home. I have a good job. I have responsibilities. Because when people, whether it be parents, siblings, <laughs> uh, friends, etc., colleagues, and they're talking about a person that tends to be a younger, younger person, they are worried for this person's future and they're they're really worried about and I share my story really to say I am still here. I am still here. What I have come to understand, it served a purpose for me at the time. It was my coping strategy at the time. If I had my life over again, would I want to have done that? I don't think I would have. However, it, I am sure that it has made me the person I am today. And I'm happy with the person I am today. Okay, so there's a reason, there's a purpose for these things. And in those moments when I am sharing my story with someone. And at the end of the conversation, they are physically and emotionally calmer than they were when they first started talking to me. I say to myself, that was the purpose. The purpose of that happening to me was that I could bring some comfort to this person in this moment, I think also with the young person that I was talking to talking about, I should say, a bit earlier, with their scars, I was able to disclose my own and to bring some normality to it, whether you think that's right or, or wrong. To bring some normality to the situation for them. So that they didn't feel even more. uh, I don't know. Different. ostracised, Whatever. And that. It happens to be a part of their life. It's their coping strategy. They feel they're coping. (laughs) And maybe they're coping. Because they're doing that. And. That it will be something that they will pass through. I must admit. Every time I see that person. And if their arms are out. What's good for me is. They don't hide their arms from me. Because I think if I had. A different. Response. Reaction. They would. More likely hide their arms and I wouldn't be able to tell whether or not they were currently self-harming. And what I've been able to do is when I see them and I see their arms and I can tell that actually the scars are quite old, Ah, things are quite settled at the moment. Other times when I see new scars, they're raised and they're red. I sort of think, right, okay there's something going on at the moment and I have to make I will check in with that person who is often unwilling (laughs) to say and that's okay because it's for them they're an adult but I check in so that they know that I, I have seen, I know that they may be going through a bit of turmoil at the moment and maybe it's enough for them that I see that we'll check in and that I am checking in. <laughs> if that makes sense. So I did a little bit of a detour from me talking about actually dealing and coping with it. So <clears throat> I, I don't hide tend not to hide my scars these days and when I look at my arms now and one of the things that has helped of course uh, and I think especially since I've, I've lost the weight as well uh, my arms you know I've been working out which reminds me I am so so missing working out at the moment if I'm going to be impatient about anything it's that but I do plan to do some sort of lighter exercise, not with the weights, but just do some exercises for my arms, is to have worked on my arms so that in terms of shape, they look good. And so when I look at my arms now, and I, I, I will kind of, you know, you can't miss, my scars are there. I look at my arms and I think how strong they are. But I also look at my body as a whole. And as I said, I have got scars Around my body. Uh, I've also got a scar from burning. Being burnt. I was caught fire. Well, my hand caught fire when I was at school. <laughs> Still got the scar on my... I'm looking at it now, actually. So... <clears throat> I, I look at my body. Because, in a way... The ex- excessive weight that I carried for over a decade and before then for years has has been challenging for my, for my body my skin <coughs> and I, I might say that my skin is scarred through my skin is scarred Ooh, something's just happened there with my recording. I'm not sure whether it's still... Right, well, okay. Ooh. So I've just had to start a new recording because the the free version of this app that I'm using uh, allows only 40 minutes, so I've completely forgotten about that. Not sure what was... Missed, but I was talking about carrying excess weight, and my body's been scarred really from that through uh stretched skin, and also because of losing the excess weight, my skin's stretched, um, it's it's not gone back completely. So, so no, so <coughs> not the scarring in the the sense that we may think but I think it's a sort of scarring and I I look at my body now and I I think oh my gosh Sonia your body has put up put up with so much and it's still here carrying you um housing housing your vital organs okay allowing you to live allowing you to to still do things uh... to be active so i look at my body very differently now as compared to how i did many many years ago as a child as a teenager as a young adult go through my mid years and i can truly appreciate my body now. Truly appreciate it. Yes, I do appreciate appreciate my body now. I was talking to a friend <laughs> we're in our fifties obviously and and talking about you know, relationships and meeting somebody new. And of course one of the things That one thinks about is the the physical stuff in in a relationship, an intimate relationship. And, oh, you know, my body. What might they think of my body? (laughs) And uh, my friend said, well, they're the same age. (laughs) They're going to be having the same issues. They're going to be having the same issues. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, we we would have... Our bodies would have have taken us through a journey and have... Had challenges, (laughs) so any challenges I've had with my body, um, somebody else may well have had similar challenges. And so (laughs) I was just thinking as I was crossing the road, and I had this on pause. (laughs) I I was thinking, oh, my dream partner, and I know my dream partner has to be somebody who is into science fiction, must love watching science fiction and fantasy. Um Like walking uh, I have to put non drinker in there as well <laughs> and 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 the other thing I, th- I thought and this made me laugh, but it tickled me uh, would also be happy about uh getting to bed by ten o 'clock and being asleep, <laughs> okay. And uh, and I thought, well, yes, well, if they're my age, <laughs> uh, possibly um, that may be their thing too. So, so yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to take myself too seriously these days. <clears throat> I uh, yes, I think we worry about things, don't we? And I was talking about worrying yesterday. I think we worry about things, and. It may be that we don't need to worry. We can just focus on ourselves, focus on being who we are. And the happier we are with who we are. And, and I think this is it, isn't it? It's the, who, who, who are you most attracted to? Are you attracted to somebody who is really unhappy with themselves and lets the world know <laughs> that unhappy with themselves, unhappy with other things as well? and that's what you see you don't particularly want to be around that person do you okay and and they could be the most gorgeous looking perfectly shaped not that i think there's anything about being perfectly shaped but there's a shape isn't there that that society may look at and think well this is well i don't know deep down with them, but that's what people want but because of what you see inside it, 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 you know, you're not seeing the best. I thought you should be using the word ugly either. But anyway, and then you can have someone who's just shining this light. Shining this light from within them. And they seem, they're so happy with their life and happy with what's going on around them. Okay, and, and dealing with stuff. Stuff happens and they just deal with it. And and whatever they look like on the outside, okay, whatever they look like on the outside, what you see is the good and the beauty of that person. And their whole being becomes beautiful. And for me... <coughs> And maybe that's what I'm trying, I'm, I'm not using the word, trying either. Focusing on just feeling good with who I am. To tell you the truth, I do feel good about who I am. <laughs> I do. I, I've been working on it for the past few years. And obviously through, through this um, podcast, um, my, my daily journal being able to just talk about things and explore things I think has helped and we are in the middle of a pandemic crisis, it's been very very challenging sad for many people and I was on a Zoom yesterday it was my son's, my grandson's birthday and so we had this little Zoom get together <laughs> you turned 10 and, uh, after the, after, I think after the meeting or something, there was some, oh, no, before, before the meeting, I think, be, you know, the grandparents, I was there with the other grandparents and we were just chatting and stuff and sort of talking about, you know, the year, how it's been sort of, uh, you know, asking me about my, my year. They said, oh, that's it, I'm trying to remember now. Oh yes, we're saying to, oh gosh, on you've had a bit of a year of it, haven't you? and I guess i are talking because I had the viral meningitis flare up and I've just had this operation and I said, well, to tell you the truth <laughs> yes, you know, there's been challenges but um, equally, there's been some good things that happened for me this year and uh, there have been uh, I may disclose one at some point <laughs> um, some good things that have happened this year I'm at my door now someone's in the shower (laughs) Uh, I'll just wait here a minute before I walk in with all this mud yeah so uh, I thought well I am able to look and focus on the positive things that have happened this year and I know that it's been sad for many many people I have my life and what can I do and I think that if can I do something to add some positivity to somebody else's life if I can I will and the only way that I can do that is if I see myself and my life as being, as being, being positive because only from a place of positivity and optimism and ah I managed, I'm going to get it in. I'm going to get it in. My cup being full and then overflowing that I can give from my saucer, and I get that from I got that from uh, Lisa Nichols. If you don't know who Lisa Nichols is, if you look her up, find that. And there's a particular video that I would say changed, definitely changed my perspective a few years ago when somebody shared it with me, and and around self-love, and just after I had um, left my long-term relationship. And of course, you see, when you're in a long-term relationship, that person has accepted you for who you are. So my scars, my conditions, was all accepted. And when that relationship came to an end, it's, oh my gosh, will somebody else accept me? Will somebody else look at my scars and accept them? My chronic condition and accept me? Yeah. The answer is yes, by the way. Potentially, yes. But it starts with you. You have to be accepting of yourself first. You really do have to be Accepting of yourself first, love for yourself first, so that you can bring the best of yourself to the world, and what happens is then you attract people rather than retract i don't i don't is retract the right word if it isn't, let me know, but attract people rather than repel them <laughs> repel and and that's what we want, don't we? That's what we want, well, possibly. Some people may not want that. Uh, I'm a bit of an introvert, so I, I want it probably in probably small doses. I do want it, but not all the time. <laughs> okay, good place, I think, to stop, maybe. And uh, I've got a busy day ahead of me. Oh, just remembered. So I need to have something to eat, and in a couple of hours I'll be starting my trip. As always, thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, a little longer one today. And I look forward to talking
0: to you again soon. You take care. Hey, Smiling Sonia here, your host at Thriving with a Chronic Illness. Now be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next episode. Now if you liked what you heard today, be sure to visit my website, SmilingSonia.com to learn more about how I can help you build an emergency fund.